0: Welcome to the Chapter 49 podcast. My name is Larry Lannan. Chapter 49 uh, represents most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. I'm a volunteer for Chapter 49 and a retiree. This is our weekly podcast. Uh, Really appreciate you uh, joining us and if you like the podcast please spread the word let other people know. Just uh, can find it on any platform where you find podcasts just uh, I uh, have to do a search by podcast by Larry Landon. You'll see a number of podcasts I produce, and you'll see the Chapter 49 podcast in there. And let me welcome uh, our chapter president, Duncan Giles, back once again. Hello, Duncan.
1: Thank you, Larry. Good to be here. And, you know, if you don't like the podcast, forward it to 25 people you don't like, and maybe somebody from there will like it. <laughs>
0: Yes, uh, that that is one of the strangest uh, things I've ever seen to promote anything. But you have a different way of doing things, Duncan. That's all I can say. But but we have somebody who was an expert on communicating, and we are very honored to have Sheila McCormick, who's the Director of Communications for the National Treasury Employees Union Headquarters Office in Washington, D.C. So, Sheila, welcome, and thank you so much for accepting uh, the invitation to be here.
2: Well, thank you very much, Larry, and hello to you and to Duncan. And let me just say I'm really honored to be here and so pleased you asked me to join the podcast today.
0: Well, we've, uh, Duncan and I have always been a little bit shocked uh, when we started this. You know, uh, Duncan and I were just talking about this this morning that, you know, people who plan out podcasts, they, they plan out outlines and they, and they work hard on it. And she, he and I just decided one day to start this and the rest is history we we we're lucky to have a, a list of topics to discuss but i <laughs> we i have a number of topics i want to talk to you about because being a director of communications for a, for a large independent union like national treasury employees union of which of course chapter 49 is a part communicating is is a very complicated thing because you have lots of customers you have external customers outside you have internal customers and i'm sure you're trying to take care of both of them or all of them if you will But I really want to start off with the changes. I've worked in communications. I've worked as a news reporter for about 14 years before I entered government service in 1983. And what I have found is that if you're trying to get your message out, it used to be just a few places. You had newspapers, you had maybe TV and radio, and maybe a few other options. But there weren't many other options. Today, it's like uh, it's 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 fascinating. It's it's interesting, but it's complicated much more than it's ever been, and it gives you more choices to get your message out. So, just talk to me during the years you've been involved in communications, how the whole game has changed.
2: Well, yeah, you really are correct, Larry. And I will tell you back when I started in communications, and I started out at a small newspaper in Michigan and it was before the advent of you know the internet it was before social media erupted and you're right it was much more constrained you only had a few outlets and the opportunities now to communicate have grown exponentially and that presents challenges and opportunities right it's it's certainly challenging to decide which medium you want to send your message to, and you can never send it to just one anymore. You have to think about all of them, and your message needs to shift slightly depending on the outlet that you're going after. Um, It is a a whole new ballgame in communications from when, Larry, you and I started out. Um, It's exciting, but it is challenging as well.
0: Yeah, and I think that the, the the internet, not just the internet itself which really began to blossom in the mid 1990s, but the uh, the explosion of social media as a subtext of that and phone apps and and the whole way that we communicate with each other and send messages out. Uh don't you think that has had the biggest impact on how some an entity like a union tries to get its uh, message across?
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of our goals is, you know, you started out by saying that we we in this department and the union overall, we have different audiences. We have an external audience and we have an internal audience. And both of those have their own opportunities, but you always have to meet your audience where they are. And that is the challenge. So if we are trying to get out a story, uh, you know, to the media. Well, where, where are the media these days? Where do you find them? And you find them in all kinds of places. I mean, we deal with outlets, news outlets on all the mediums. So whether they're social, digital, whether they're more traditional um, television or cable news shows, whether they're radio, whether they're print, Um, we have all of that. But then we also have them at all the different levels. We have national outlets. We have local outlets. We have trade reporting outlets, which are, you know, outlets like Government Executive and Federal News Network, who really focus on federal employees and kind of the, the art of government and what that means and the politics behind it. And so it's a challenge for us to, to think about media relations and meeting them where they are. And it has been interesting for me to watch how reporters have tried very, very hard to adapt to this new news environment as well, because it hasn't been easy for the media outlets. We all know how many media outlets have failed in recent years and how hard it is for them to, to make money to stay afloat because everybody now, thanks to the internet, wants their news for free. And people aren't paying for solid, objective reporting that have a whole team of reporters and editors and fact checkers behind it. That's a, a very expensive proposition, but that's a story for another day. For us, we have to meet those folks where they are. And one of the places they are most often is Twitter. It has become kind of the social media outlet of choice for reporters. If you think about where news breaks these days, it often breaks on Twitter. It's one of the first places that reporters go to report breaking news. And so, you know, we spend some time on that platform, but then we also just spend one-on-one time with the reporters that we deal with most often. Um, It's been... It's been an interesting change and one that's not over yet. I think we're still going to see continued evolution in how we talk to reporters and how we talk to the media and how we at NTEU um, try and get the story out about federal employees and about what they're doing and about the challenges they're facing and what they need in order to get their jobs done for this country
0: going to give the next question to Duncan Giles. Yeah,
1: Sheila, just to um, jump on that type of thing. And it's also trying to get information to the members. You know, I, you know, I can remember Mm -hmm. when it was just, you know, the newsletter, a paper newsletter that came out, but now it's every, you know, every conceivable way you guys try and reach out. And I truly tip my hat to you, uh, your shop, because it's, it's done a great job of getting out communication accurately and quickly. And those are the two key things I think that our members really
2: appreciate. Uh, can you experiment on that a little bit? Oh, absolutely, Duncan. You know, um, we have a long history here of, of trying our best to do just what you said, which is to be timely, but mostly to be accurate. And for us, it is always worth um, taking a beat and and making sure that the messaging that we're putting out is, in fact, accurate. Because I would rather be a little bit late in sharing information if that's what it takes to make sure that the information we are sharing is the right information. And and you're right. Um, when I first started working with NTU at NTEU, we had you know, far fewer outlets. But now we have a robust website, we have social media outlets, we have all kinds of electronic newsletters, we have still our print publication, and, you know, we have public service campaigns, and we're doing all of this different kind of communicating. And it's really fun, honestly, to put together all of these things. And I appreciate your, your kind words about what we do. You know, one of the things that, that sticks with me always when I'm communicating is when we are in the middle of some sort of crisis. And a perfect one to use as, as an example is when there's a government shutdown. Because what we see on the news level during a government shutdown There's a lot of reporting about it, but not the kind of reporting or sharing of information that our members are looking for. They need a whole different level of information and and information that the news media isn't interested in. They're looking at bigger stories, but our members wanna know what's being done on Capitol Hill to, to, to stop the shutdown, what's it look like in my agency, who's essential, who's not essential, um, you know, when am I going to be paid? My benefits? This whole level of questions. And whenever we've had one of these government shutdowns, and I hope to God we never have another one, but <laughs> one of the things that, right? but yeah, one of the things that that I always, <laughs> I know, but one of the things we always hear back is that our members got news from us that they weren't getting from anywhere else. They weren't getting it from their agencies, they weren't getting it from their managers, they weren't getting it from the the normal news outlets. We were telling them what they what they needed to know. And that is for me, you know, in the midst of a crisis, that that is the best feedback that we could get is that our members relied on us and we were able to get them accurate and timely information as we knew it. Unfortunately, we don't always have answers to all the questions, but we try our best to to find the answers and to get them out. And, and you know, I think when we're talking about NTU members, I say this often to anyone who will bother to listen to me, but I think that that information is one of the key benefits of NTEU. I think that the information you get from being a member of NTEU just really enriches your work life. It really helps you understand where the challenges are. It really helps you see how you can help us make change in the workplace. How you as an NTU member can add your voice to ours and that power and that collective voice is what can really move mountains, and so um, you know the idea that that you get this kind of information, that you get this kind of deeper understanding of what's going on in your workplace, what's going on that impacts you in Congress, what's happening at your bargaining tables, you know that kind of information is is just really important, and they wouldn't have it if we weren't here doing what we're doing, and that you know that is one of my goals is to always make sure our members know what's happening at the right time. And I think you know this, Duncan, and you know this, Larry, that our members are often the most well-informed people in the workplace.
0: Yep. You know, Sheila, I I have to echo something you just said. Uh, We have found that we have picked up an awful lot of people to our communication modes, And during government shutdowns, which I agree with you, hope we never have one. But what happens in a case like that is that people who normally use their IRS communications didn't have them. They weren't allowed to bring their laptops home. They couldn't uh, Mm -hmm. get dialed into any of their government communications. So we on the local level, and we used a lot of your material when we communicated locally, we couldn't have done it without you folks. But we found that, that people started relying on our Facebook page and, and other uh, communications that we were using to get the word out to people. And, uh, yeah, people like Helpless. They don't have any of their other communications. I want to touch on something else. I think there's a balance everybody has to to, to reach. I remember when email was new. Okay, I've been around a while, okay? And uh, when email was new, uh, I just remember so many people I knew in management and in, in the bargaining unit who just felt bombarded with information. It's like, oh, I can communicate directly with people. Let's do that. And people just couldn't manage this onslaught of of emails coming to them, couldn't manage it. So I think there is that balance. You want to make sure. I know you send out communications pretty regularly and when needed, so how do, you, how do you strike that right balance of making sure you get information out to people, for instance, on an email uh, list? For, that, that's only one of many examples. But how do, you, how do you balance that out when you're communicating internally, particularly? You don't want to bombard your, your members with information, but you want to give them what they need to know.
2: Oh, that's such a great observation. Um, and it is something that we do talk about here, and it is something that we do struggle with. Because there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of clutter and there's a lot of confusion um, among you know people trying to sort through the twenty four seven you know three sixty five news cycle and what what do you really need to know and and where do you really get your information? So one of the things I think that I think that helps at NTEU is that we have. Established regular communication. So we have the bulletin which gets mailed to your house. We have a weekly e-bulletin. And so those are things that people can count on. They come at a regular time. Um, they're kind of established and reliable. But then we have a whole list of other communications that we do. And Whenever we have something we want to communicate, we we sit back and we say, we, we have this piece of information and we need to share it with, with whom? Do we need to share it with all of our members or is this something that only impacts one of our bargaining units and the rest of our membership isn't going to be interested in it? And in that case, then we will only share it with the people it impacts with the people it affects. And so we make those kinds of decisions all the time. We also say, okay, is this something that we need to share with them now? Or is this something that we can share with them on Tuesday when we send the e-bulletin so that we aren't cluttering up their inboxes every day with all these little bits of information, some of which they need to know now, some of which they don't. They need to know but, it, but they don't need to know it this moment. And so we make those kinds of, of decisions every day. And if, if I may, I'm going to give you an example. Um, so I'm going to break a little news for you and your listeners here right now. You know that NQ has this new benefit for free tax preparation software and um, and professional assistance, if you have questions on your return. This has been something that I think our members have been really responsive to, they've been very interested in it. Um, And we can tell that by the traffic to our website and where they're going to that page. And we've had tens of thousands of our members have visited this page in order to learn more about or take advantage of this benefit. But we've had an issue there for our members who have used the free sof- the software, TaxSlayer, in the past and already have an established account, they were not being able to log into our free version with their established credentials, which we want them to be able to do because then they can bring their information over, right? And they don't have to re-enter all their information in their previous tax years information comes over. And and so we've been working with Prepare and Prosper our partner in this and they have been working with TechSource to get this fixed and we've had a lot of members ask us about it. Well, the fix is here. The fix is here. We got word last night that the fix is in, it's been made. So then we sat back and we said, okay. When do we tell people and how do we tell people? And we thought, well, we can update our page. We can update our Facebook page and share the news. We can update our homepage. We can send a memo out to chapter presidents so that they can tell people and then we can put it. And I debated on this one. Do we send a message today or do we put it in the e-bulletin on Tuesday? And I think we put it in the e-bulletin on Tuesday. So, you know, that's the kind of decision making that goes into any kind of information like that. But I am pleased to tell you and your listeners right now, the fix is here. So now we have instructions up on the page on how you can, you can use the free version if you have previously used the paid version.
0: Okay, since you've written our lead for us now, I'm going to turn, <laughs> turn, <laughs> this, turn, this turn it back over to Duncan and let him ask you a question.
1: Yeah, and I do want to touch on that. It is a, uh, it is a great benefit uh, that I used earlier this week um, because oh, I had not great. used TaxSlayer in the past. I went through the links. I, uh, you know, the only, my only thing is a tax layer doesn't, you know, import things from, you know, stock trades or something of that nature, but that's not that huge of a deal. It's time consuming, but that saved me between federal filing and state um, well over a hundred dollars. And I think that's yes. just an outstanding benefit that members can get. Um Talk a little bit about, you know, the information that goes out on the website and, you know, why members should visit the website and how often do you think they should go there for that, for the information? How often is it updated? That sort
2: of thing. Well, the website, as, as you know, is a big, complicated, um, endeavor and we have, um, we have information that is available to the public, and, uh, and then we have information that is available solely to our members. And again, this is where information is a benefit of NTEU. And we update the website very frequently. We update our blog two or three times a week. We update um, the news portion, and this is something that I want to I want to spend just a moment on because I think this is an area that... that people should pay a little bit more attention to. So, you know, whenever we do a news release, and we do a lot of them, we we immediately put it up on our website. So as soon as it's sent out to the media, it's posted on our website. So it really is new, fresh content. And it is one of the areas that members may want to pay a little bit more attention to because it is so timely and it does give you a glimpse into where the stories are that are impacting federal employees and the federal workforce it tells you what in congress at that moment it tells you you know what the administration is doing it can tell you about lawsuits and where we are on various court and legal efforts on behalf of our members and it's just a really wonderful way to stay on top and And the moment that we post a news release to our site it is then also put up on our social media sites. so we put it up on facebook and we send it out via twitter so that is one thing that is, that is always being updated our blog is always being updated and then once of course a member logs in the member has access to a whole different level of information that the general public doesn't have. They get access to news about their agency. They can find their contract. They can learn in detail about membership benefits and how to take advantage of those, whether you need a special code or you know, some sort of password to access that benefit. That's all available to them then they get access to some flyers and they get access to just a, a lot of other information. So in terms of your coming back to your question, how, how frequently should they um, visit? I would say twice a week at a minimum to check yeah. out what's new and see what's happening.
1: Yeah, so, so for those of recommend. you listening who know me, if you're not regularly going to the website, if you've not signed up, Uh, you know, to be a user on the NTU website, I would strongly urge you to do so. Because in addition to the things that Sheila mentioned, you know, when we ask you to, you know, write your congressperson or your senator, it's extremely, extremely easy to do that from the website. And it just takes a few moments on not government time, not on government equipment to do that. And that's just another benefit there on the website. So I would strongly urge you folks to, if you don't avail yourselves of it, to do that.
0: Yeah, And I just want to say, one yeah. of the, if I can say one quick thing here, just to intervene, because uh, I know it's important to set up the account at ntu.org so you can sign up and and, and sign in as a member. But Sheila, it's also important to keep that email address up to date. People do switch emails or maybe use one more than the other at different times. You want to make sure you have a, an email address there that where uh, the union can communicate with you directly.
2: Yes, and if I may say on, on that point, Larry, um, one of the things that's super important is that we have a personal email address. Um, that, of course, for anyone who has lived through a government shutdown is – we will be able to communicate with you. I think it was Duncan earlier who noted that when we have a shutdown people are shut out from your IRS communications, you're shut out from your IRS email from your laptop. And so that's when your personal email address is is really important so that we can we can share information with you. And that is also true. We also have at times information that we want to share with you that we don't want to share through government systems, either for Hatch Act reasons or because it's just something that we would rather talk directly to you about without going through a .gov address. And it would be really helpful if you checked and updated and provided to us a personal email address.
0: Uh, Duncan, I'll give you the last question.
1: I'll, I'll, I was going to defer it back
0: to you, Larry. Oh, okay. Well, let me ask you this, Sheila. Uh, it's certainly not breaking any news here to say that Ntu did not have the best relationship with the Trump administration. Now we. <laughs> so, but but the reason I, I bring that up is that now you have a new administration, and I think uh, with President Biden and his his staff, uh, the relationship is much better. How does that change your approach? Having an unfriendly administration, you're dealing with. And a friendly administration you can work with, how does that change your approach to communications, particularly with external clients?
2: Well, that's an interesting question. And I've been here long enough to have been through a number of presidential administrations, some friendly to the federal workforce and and some not so friendly to the federal workforce. And it is a different vibe between them. Um, what we find in dealing with administrations or even you know members of Congress who are friendly or supportive or understand the role of federal employees is that we are able to get information from them, they will talk to us, which is very helpful in my role as a communicator to to see what they are saying um, and to have these conversations with administration officials, with agency heads, with um, people who have the ability to impact the working lives of our members, that kind of communication access is really cut off when you have an administration who doesn't support federal employees, who isn't interested in hearing about how to make the federal agencies work better, who isn't interested in understanding what frontline workers are going through and what it is that they need to do their jobs better. Those, and so having that kind of level of communication channel open, and I will say at the end of the day, no matter who's in the White House, we are going to have, we're not always going to agree on everything, um, but, but just having the, the communication to say, look, this is what we're going to do from the administration and for us to be able to say, well, okay, we agree, we don't agree. Hey, this sounds like a good idea, but what if we modified it this way? Just being able to have those conversations then changes our ability to communicate, whether we're then taking what we've learned in these conversations and talking about it to our members or whether we are talking about it to a broader audience through the news media. So I think that's kind of the big difference between the administrations that I have been through as as a, a staff member at NTEU and and watching those communication channels open and shut and open and shut.
0: Well, our time's about up, uh, Sheila. I'm just going to give you an opportunity to, we, uh, to talk about what it just make any comments you want here at the end. Duncan and I have asked our questions. What would you like to say uh, now that you have the, the floor for a couple of minutes here uh, as we wrap this up?
2: Well, um, here's what I would like to talk about, if you don't mind. Um, about two years ago, we launched a campaign, a public service campaign called Telling Our Stories. You may remember some of this. We were interviewing our members about the, the different and varying and interesting things that they do, their actual jobs. Because one of the things that I think is that the American public doesn't have a very good understanding of, of all of the different ways that federal employees impact their lives and all the positive things that they do. And the only time they ever really think about federal employees is when they're angry or they feel like something isn't going well. But they don't they don't understand all of the federal jobs are so fascinating in in the variety of them in the talent that is contained within the federal workforce and so telling our stories was designed to kind of capture that well then the the pandemic hit and everything kind of just went sideways and we didn't pursue it last year but we are we are bringing it back this year and so what i would like to say to you and to your listeners is that we are going to be reaching out and looking for these stories again. And we are going to be looking for people who are interested in talking with us about what they do for taxpayers, what they do for people in this country. And so if anybody has a story out there that they want to share, I would encourage them to get in touch with me.
0: And how does someone get in touch with you?
2: Well, you can email me at Sheila S H E I L A dot McCormick M C C O R M I C K at N T E U dot org. You can also just go to our website and find me there. Give us a call. Send me an email. Um, I would love to hear from you.
0: Yeah, I I saw many of those productions. Thought that was a terrific idea and loved it. You know, my father was a civil servant at Department of Defense for many years, so I I've uh, I know a lot about what goes into being in federal service. Duncan, any final comments?
1: No, I just uh, wanted to say that really appreciated Sheila being able to take the time to join us today. Um, Everything right now is, you know, for this week, as of this time, is pretty much maintaining status quo. There's no change in telework, nothing new on that, nothing new on, uh, you know, a vaccine that's going to be available to federal employees specifically, anything of that nature. But as always, if anybody has any questions, comments, anything of that nature, you can reach me via email. I'm always in the office. Reach out. I'll I'll help you however we can.
0: That does bring one question I was going to ask you, Sheila. Uh, Since you work in the D.C. area, how often does your staff get together in person? How often do you work in downtown D.C. compared to your home?
2: Well, um, I haven't seen my whole staff in person in a year.
0: Oh my goodness!
2: Um, I have seen bits and pieces of them. Um, NTU, like most uh, we don't major need to hear employers. what they're wearing
1: in their Zoom meetings.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. But they're are yeah, they're all teleworking, so they're all safely at home. Um, I will say, I'm at the office right now. I don't live very far from NTU headquarters. So I come in pretty frequently, but there's not a lot of people in here at the moment. So I see them over Zoom calls. I see them, um, I talk to them over the phone, and I'm really looking forward to the time when we can all be together again.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that I know in the federal government, that's about what's happening too. And, and Duncan, who knows, maybe someday the next battlefield will be the management putting up a Zoom dress code, but we'll let that... Uh... We'll leave that for another day. <laughs> Sheila. Just I,
2: from the head and shoulders up, though, right? <laughs>
0: well... Yeah, we don't want to go there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sheila, uh, on behalf of Duncan and myself, thank you. I I appreciate your accepting our invitation. We sure would like to have you back sometime. I think we just scratched the surface, but appreciate everything you had to say and all the work you do in communicating both with uh, people internally within the union and people outside the union to get that uh, message across. So thank you for, for joining us. We very much appreciate your time.
2: It was my pleasure. I was really glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: And Duncan and I will be back next week with another edition of the Chapter 49 podcast. In the meantime, please be safe and be kind.